I had a call from a contractor uh, two weeks ago. He called me up and he's like, Trevor, this is the second time um, the tandem rotolock backed off. I, I got to the system and it was lost all the gas from the suction rotolock. I'm like, seriously? And he asked me if he, he could put some sort of thread sealant on it or thread lock to, to lock it on there. And you don't want to do something like that. If you're getting vibrations where it is backing out any type of rotolock, you got to fix the problem. If it's resonance from variable speed, if you're getting vibration or pulsation because of the piping, you may have to change the piping. At Cool Air Products, we developed AC Smart Seal Quick Shot with professionals in mind. It's the only product on the market that's three in one with sealant, lubricant, and UV dye all in a single application. It's non toxic, non flammable, 100% safe to the touch, eco friendly, and compatible with all refrigerants. It's a safe solution option, backed by years of R&D, Intertech tested, and has sealed millions of leaks. AC Smart Seal, the professional's choice. So I've talked about trust with your counter people. Now, as it pertains to the master group, because I go there quite often. The other day I went in there, I grabbed three contactors. I didn't have my PO because I couldn't get a hold of my dispatcher. I didn't have my laptop with me because I left it at home. Whenever you leave a supply house, they always want a PO, right? But I said to them, I said, listen, I don't have the PO with me. Can I call you in the morning? They're like, yep, go ahead. Take your parts. Call me in the morning. We trust you. And that's because I've built a rapport. I built a relationship with them. And when you have that, things like that can happen for you. You can, you can take parts and they'll trust you to call in with a PO the next day. Or, or later on in the afternoon or, or whatever, right? So that is my thing. Make sure you have a, a, a good legitimate rapport and relationship with your counter people because one day it's gonna come back and that favor will be returned. I guarantee it 100%. And that's the same with, with any relationship in your professional career. You give and then you take. Just give and take, right? And if you don't give, you can never take. And if you do, you're a scumbag. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Anyway, guys, thank you to the Master Group for sponsoring the podcast. Check out master.ca. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back. So, listen, I'm in a mechanical room. There's a bit of an echo here, so I apologize for that. But to get these podcasts out to you guys, I'm in the field working alongside you. I got to sometimes do these while I'm in the field. I mean, you, in the past, you've heard me on the roof and my van, whatever, right? So, Anyway, guys, we have an awesome podcast for you guys. Now, this one was kind of done last minute because I had to cancel another guest. Long story, I'm not going to get into it, but that guest had to be canceled. I looked on my phone and I had a message from Trevor, Trevor Matthews um, on LinkedIn. And I'm like, let's see if Trevor wants to go right now. <laughs> so I messaged him. He's like, let's do it. So I told him he's my guardian angel in that instance when we start talking and he was. So we're gonna get into this conversation regarding compressor tandems and trios. And tandems are like two compressors piped together. Trios are three compressors piped together. And we're gonna have this really good conversation surrounding tandems and trios. And I'm gonna learn some stuff. You're gonna learn some stuff. All taught by Trevor. So let's get into this right now, guys. This is the HVAC Know It All podcast. I'm your host, Gary McCready. Welcome to the HVAC Know-It-All podcast, recorded from a basement somewhere in Toronto, Canada. Your host and HVAC tech, 
Gary McCready will take you on a deep dive into the industry, discussing all things HVAC. From storytelling to technical discussion. Enjoy the show. Trevor, you are, tonight you're my guardian angel. Well, thank you. uh, Thank you. Hey, no no problem. I had to, uh, I don't want to get into details or anything, but we had to cancel a podcast. I looked at my phone and I had a message from you and I'm like, this is like, this is karma uh, that we're meant to talk tonight. So how's it going? It's going real good. Real good. Life is good here. We had a massive snowstorm. So I started shoveling my driveway out at, I believe, maybe 6.30 this morning. And I finished at like quarter to eight. <laughs> so, and it's not a big driveway. So it, was, it took me a while. So uh, what do you what do you want to do? You want to we're gonna we're gonna do this thing with the tandem compressors? Yeah, I think this is fantastic. Uh, lots of good information on tandems and trios. Awesome. So let's tell the audience what a tandem compressor is first of all. Yeah, let's. Yeah, we should go through some uh, terms and definitions and just give a, a background of. So basically, what a tandem set is or a tandem ready. Um, Uh, compressor set is is basically you have two compressors and they are manifold together so they're the discharges are piped together the suction are piped together as well as they could have other pipings like oil equalization or gas equalization on them so if you have two compressors connected together in a manifold that would be called a tandem and then if you have three compressors um, manifold together we call those trios Okay. Pretty straightforward. Pretty straightforward, man. Okay, and then when you uh, when we talk about multiples, sometimes people say multiples. It's really just more than one co- uh, compressor connected together with a manifold, which includes those tandem and trios. And then when we get into start talking about even multiples or uneven multiples, uh, really what an even multiple is? What do you think that is on a tandem, Gary? An even multiple. That's that's a good question. I've I've never heard that term before, so I think you're going to have to tell me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's that's all good. So you work probably on lots of these types before. You've worked on I'm sure tons of tandems and trio sets, but an yep. even multiple would be like a 210 horsepower or 220,000 BTU uh, compressors. So they're the same. They're the exact same compressors uh, in that tandem set or um, or trio even. Oh, okay. Then, so I, I, I thought that. Um, sorry, Matt. Sorry to cut you off. I thought that all tandems were were evenly spread across the the, the, the both compressors. No, no. So no. there, you learned something new tonight. Fantastic. Yeah, I did. My job here is done. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did learn something new tonight. You're right. So, so if we could just dig dig on that for one second. So when when would you ever? So every tandem I've seen is has been like two of the same compressor. When would you ever have a tandem that's two different compressors? And what well, application? For example, well, well, for example, if just say you need um, thirty horsepower, yeah, or forty-five horsepower for an example, for forty-five horsepower system, you could have a thirty horsepower and a fifteen horsepower, and that would be called an uneven multiples or uneven tandem set. A lot of people call them uneven tandems or even tandems. So we see different applications for that. It all depends on what the manufacturer um, is designing and building. Maybe they only need that 
you know, 15 horsepower for a certain amount of time. And they run on the 30 horsepower all the time, for an example. So if you went up with two 30 horsepowers, for an example, they would have to put some sort of modulation. And if you only need it 45 horsepower or 45 ton, sorry, let's say 45 ton, let's talk about that way. Um, And you put two uh, 60 ton, you know, you just got to, oversized system so we do have lots of more and more compressors now you know what i mean like we build almost every size of scroll compressor uh so you see more evens than unevens but they're out there now is your tandems and trios only come in scrolls or do they come in different styles of compressors as well these would be only uh, scrolls now. We used to, uh, before my time at Copeland, we used to sell tandems semi-hermetics where they would be coupling together, but I don't believe we uh, sell those anymore because we have big scrolls now. We have up to 60 uh, ton scrolls, I think 60 horsepowers. Yeah, we got some big, big compressors. Gotcha. I, I ask that because back in the day, uh, we used to have like, uh, used to be a lot of York units, big, we used to have these big York rooftops that I think they were 20 ton. I guess they're not that big, like 20 tons or whatever. And then it was tandem sets of, um, it was, there were tin cans, but they weren't scrolls. They were recips and they were tandems. And a lot of times what we would do is we would cut them out if they died or if one died or whatever, and then replace it with a single scroll compressor. That was back in the day we used to do that. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. A few other, uh, oh, sorry, other, and my Cape Breton are coming out on me. Uh, a few other terms <laughs> would be an OEL. So called oil equalization line and okay. uh, TPTL, two phase tube line. Do you really need to understand this? Not really. But what you do need to understand is, does it have, a, is it a four pipe or a three pipe design? So what the four pipe design is, it'll have uh, your discharge connected together, your suction manifold together. Then you'll have a gas equalization line. And it's really, a, mm-hmm. what can I say, a, a supplementary component that, you know, balances that pressure differential on the low side of the compressors. Yep. And then you would have an oil equalization line. And once again, it does some uh, balancing pressure, but it's to make sure both compressors get uh, enough oil to each. Because if just one compressor is running, the other compressor still needs oil when it starts up. So pretty straightforward on that. The other one would be uh, two-phase tandem line TPTL. And basically, you'd have like it's a larger, it's down where the sight glass would be. So it's a larger... Uh, line with a sight glass on it so it does both the the gas equalization and the oil and then it'll have one sight glass i'm not sure if you've seen those i'm sure you have seen those ones before as well so those are the main two configuration that you would see on our tandems or on copeland's tandems Mm -hmm. hey you want it funny funny story and and uh, the mechanic brought up a good point uh back back then is we had a an issue this is like a a machine shop and there was this sort of uh machine they used that needed to be chilled and it pumped like 
glycol or water through to chill it, but there was a, a tandem set of compressors. So one of them had died and the other one was still okay, but we could get a compressor that was the same size and tonnage and all that same refrigerant and all that kind of stuff, but it wasn't the exact same compressor with the, 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 the equalization port on it to, to go yeah. between the two. So an idea is that we would just get the compressor until we could get the correct one and we drill out a hole and we'd braze a, or weld a fitting to it to equalize it that way. And some of the, the points that were brought up, well, well, if you don't put the fitting at the exact same height and all that, the oil might not equalize properly and all that kind of stuff. What do, what do you think about that in a makeshift so, sort of situation? I can't answer that. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I wouldn't have a clue what would happen uh, on that. So you bring up a good point and I've seen mechanics get caught on that. So once again, referencing the application engineering bulletins on those um, specific compressors. And this is really what you need to know, Gary, um, is that when you have a tandem set or a trio set, there is going to be another model and serial number. And it's very important to understand that tandem label because if you went and I'm sure this is what happened, you've seen the scroll that failed, you pulled out that scroll and it was a ZP whatever, ZP 91 we could say, Mm -hmm. or ZP 50. And you're like, okay, let's call up the Copeland authorized wholesaler and say, I need a ZP 50. Well, if you just gave them that compressor model number, they say, okay, I got one here. Come and pick it up, Gary. The problem is, is there's no tandem uh, ready service compressors for that size. So you need to give them the tandem model number. That's what you really need to give them. So it would be, a, for an example, a ZPT. And T stands for tandem, that third digit in the model number. So that's why it's important to understand uh, the model numbers themselves. So I've seen a lot of uh, mm-hmm. this happen before. So if it's in warranty, just say, and that one failed, and I believe it's between um, ZPT100 to ZPT182. I'll have to look it up again. But when you give those tandem model numbers, it's going to say there's no tandem-ready service compressor, so it doesn't have that extra port like you're talking about. And it, just say that one compressor failed, you'd get warranty for both compressors if it was still in the warranty period. So you'd get a whole tandem set to okay. install. So just just be aware of that. So gotcha. you have to replace the whole tandem on certain compressors. Not all compressors, on certain compressors. So a good AE bulletin would, to check out if you're talking about uh, 5 to 10 ton, I guess, uh, air conditioning compressors AE41365 that AE Bolton and I'll talk about tandems in there and you have to be aware when you're looking through these compressor manuals that it'll have a tandem section and it'll explain well it you can get a service replacement you cannot get a service replacement you got to get a whole tandem set that's for usually our smaller compressors okay cool awesome so when we talk about, I'll keep going on that that point. If we talk about the larger compressors, so we get up to close to a 10-ton compressor, I guess, a ZP, um, maybe 103. 
maybe a little bit bigger. If you have a tandem uh, set and one compressor fails, but it's not really a bad failure, you look at the serial numbers and it, say they say um, 19 or 18A, which is like two or three years old. Failure happened from a slug maybe we could say or a flood back that caused the failure. Not really a bad burnout. The compressor is not that old or the tandem set's not that old. We know that only one compressor failed. The other one seems good. You do your winding checks. You can just replace that compressor on these larger ones. But once again, you want to verify, call the wholesaler with that tandem model number and ask them, um, do I need to replace the whole tandem set or just one if it's under warranty? If it's not under warranty, still verify that with your wholesaler. They should know this. I um, We do trainings for all our wholesalers across Canada as well as the U.S., so just be aware of that. And then if you had a really bad failure, like a massive bad burnout, usually all that oil stays in one that one compressor. But if the tandem set is 10, 12, 15 years old, that other compressor is really old already. So based on that age, I would replace the tandem set anyway. Because the chances are you replace a brand new one, that that second one, you spend a lot of money just to replace that one compressor. That second one goes a few months later on top of that because it's just old anyway and it took a lot of beating and maybe that failure on that other one caused that one to fail a few months down the road. Now it's another big expense for the customer. Take a look at the, the age of it, the date code, and if it's a tandem ready compressor. Because our larger ones are 20 to 40 ton yeah. ones. You could just change that one compressor in the tandem set and it's fine. But once again, really old um, or a really bad one that maybe affected the whole system, you potentially could think of replacing both of them. That makes sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, no, it, it, it does. And, and I think that should prompt anybody to, if they have a tandem set and one dies, we should be probably doing like an oil analysis on on that because that one compressor that died could have could have had a burnout or something and there could be acidic oil in there so if we just go change the one compressor and leave the other one in the acidic oil still there then yeah eventually over time we're going to have an issue so so maybe do do an oil analysis if you have one dead one and you're going to replace only one before you do that what do you what do you think of that process yeah you i would highly recommend doing that for sure anytime you have a bad burnout you should be going back you should write down in your service ticket or in your notes Add an extra two hours to do a follow-up, like whatever that install job is that you should always be doing follow-up, especially on big jobs, big compressors. Now, if we're talking about a little can that's, uh, you know, not very expensive, okay. But when you're talking thousands and thousands of dollars, um, always do the follow-up for sure. Another, yeah, I, I would say ahead. make it four hours. I would say make it four hours because that way you can stop for a yeah. coffee. You can you know, <laughs> hang out with the customer for a bit and then... <laughs> Anyway, I'm just kidding. Yeah, so, I'll, so go, I'll leave go on the customer. Yeah. So there's another <laughs> tip. Yeah, good one, Gary. Another tip is in the model number of compressors. So the first one's like the family and then the capacity and then the voltage. And then there's the last three digits. When I was in the field, the last three digits didn't mean anything to me. But those last three digits mean a lot to us as the manufacturer and definitely to the wholesaler. And if you have a four at the beginning of the last three digits, which is called a bill of material, those bill of materials are used in a tandem or trio configuration. 
Um, that's if you don't have, uh, it's one tip where maybe um, the wholesaler could catch uh, that it's a tandem set. But once again, use that tandem model number when you're, uh, if you have to do a replacement or find parts for the tandem or trio set. Makes sense? Mm-hmm. So I, I got to ask you this. Yeah, it does. And I, and I got to ask you this. Why would a, a manufacturer put in, you called it um, even multiple, the, 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 num- the, the word that I learned, put in an even multiple tandem set instead of just two separate compressors? What's, what's the advantage of that? Well, there, there's a few advantages. Um, well, capacity, for, for example. So just say you have one really large coil um, and it's, you can have a better turndown rate. So for energy efficiency-wise, for an example, it, what, how, do you, how do you save the most energy on any refrigeration system? How do you save the most energy on any system? Quick break, guys. So the HVAC Know-It-All app is about a week and a couple of days old. There's 1,800 members so far, and the communication is, is fabulous. The content is great, and the professionalism is high-end. So if you guys are looking for a, a place to share and learn and also teach other people, because a lot of people have that in them, they want to teach, come check out the HVAC Know-It-All app. It's on Google Play. It's on. It's in the Apple Store as well. Now, it's $9.99 US for the year. But, I mean, it's a very small price to, p- to pay for the amount of content and learning that's taking place. One thing we're doing is using a hashtag called Teach Me. Anybody that posts a teaching moment is using the hashtag. So you can click on that hashtag whenever you want and go through and, and watch these posts. This is in-field practical stuff that you don't learn in school. Okay, and, and that's the advantage of this. So check it out, guys. Testo's new digital lineup is is on fire there's a lot of people that are interested a lot of people that have purchased it and the ones that are using it are loving it there's a new app that comes with all this stuff called the testo smart so if you're using the testo smart probes app you can move over to the testo smart even with your existing smart probes it's a little bit more fine-tuned i i guess you could say there's some more features on there um, like gauge faces and a little bit more information and and i'm enjoying using it myself so Guys, NAVAC, recovery machines and vacuum pumps, this is the new age. Um, we are doing a lot of good things with the recovery machines and the, the pumps on my job sites. Like for instance, running a 12 CFM pump in like between minus 14 to minus 17 degrees C outside overnight and it's still running in the morning. This is the kind of stuff that, that you put your tools through and if they, they pass these tests, you know they're good tools. So check out Navax pumps and recovery machines because they're awesome stuff. Blue on app guys, I've talked about it a million times before. There's 30,000 people on there. Gives you access to their 24-7 tech support. If you guys need to talk to somebody right away, two minute wait time, check that stuff out. Last week, I cleaned four evaporators with the Viper Venom Pack, the evaporator cleaner, and the Jet Gun from Aircom who's carried by Cool Air products in, in the US and Canada. Now that evaporator got extremely clean. I didn't have to run a hose. Um, and it's three bags, right? Three bags. I filled two up with water, one with coil cleaner mixture. Give the evaporator coating 
with the coil cleaner mixture and use the water to rinse it off. Even though the, the Evap Plus is a non-rinsing formula, I still rinsed it off. And I did a little video, I posted it on, on social media and showed the difference between the old, like the, the existing Evap when it was dirty and when it was clean. And you could see a real shine that was put back into it and it removed the dirt and the, the debris caught in the fins. So anyway, Viper Venom Packs, guys, they're all the rage. The Jet Gun by Aircom battery powered coil cleaner. It is also awesome too for applications like up on a lift cleaning evaporators. So check those out. Let's get back to Trevor. Um, is, is this a trick question? I would yeah, say kinda. raise the... I, I would say lower the head pressure and raise the suction pressure and get the compression ratio as low as you can. Yeah, that's a definitely a good uh, good answer, but you shut it off. You want to save energy, you shut <laughs> off the system. So it was a trick question. <laughs> yeah, it was. You shut it off. So just say you have a, a trio, what you can do is when you start to stage down, you shut off those com compressors, for an example, and then you're not using any power where if you have a system where – you have two separate compressors. Now, I guess they can shut off when the load matches, but you know there's certain systems where you're using hot gas bypass, and that system has to continue to run. You know, it's a little different situation, <laughs> for example. But if you have mm -hmm. a large air handling system, instead of using hot gas bypass, you potentially could shut down that one compressor to match that load. You know, kind of matching the load with the compressor. So. Uh, each manufacturer have different ideas on, on it. You know, you, we see lots more of digital compressors with uh, tandem sets, as well as variable speed with our variable speed compressors in tandem sets and trios so as well. So, so there are digital compressors in tandem as well. Oh yeah, very. There's quite a few of them. Interesting. I've never seen that before. Uh, we, well, I see a lot of. Um, there's a, quite a few manufacturers that use it with our, um, one of our controllers is called a EC3 D70. It used to be the D72, now it's a D73. So it's a digital uh, compressor controller. So it can do the digital compressor as well as a fixed compressor and an electronic valve. So it's a synchronized controller. And, oh man, it's really one of the best um, digital controllers out there. And such a tight temperature and humidity control. I know the um, anyone who has been using them, and I know it's been growing over the last few years, they just love them because the controller just has a steady, tight superheat, as well as that digital just load matches perfectly. And the controller just stages the compressors on and off when needed. And so pretty cool. If anyone uh, wants to learn more so about that, uh, look into that controller. T tell me what's 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 the i think i worked on one of these can i think it was the same model that i worked on last week because i had an electronic expansion valve that was stuck what was in the the number on that controller uh ec3 uh d72 yeah. or okay it, and then that... now they're going to be be d73 so they were d72 that's probably what you would have seen i did see a post on linkedin with one of our electronic valves that you um they were doing is that what you're talking about yeah, yeah. And and my question was to you, this was a digital scroll, but you're saying I can use this controller with an electronic expansion valve on a regular compressor? Just a regular standard scroll? Well, it will do a digital and a standard scroll. So it's going to do two okay. scrolls. Or you could just have a digital and an electronic valve. That works as well. 
But you, I see most of them when they're a tandem set, the manufacturers that are building them using these uh, controllers, they'll have the digital uh, in tandem with a fixed and then that electronic valve doing one, uh, one coil. Or if they do have two coils, they'll use another electronic valve with a separate superheat controller to do the second coil if they're, say, um, top and bottom coils or even interlaced coils. Uh, you can get away with one one valve, but it, the design has to be really good. You know, you have to have symmetrical piping, same distance, so it's getting even flow of liquid to both um, distributors. So it's a little bit more challenging, but I've seen contractors and you, you do need it. A, you need a suction transducer too, do you not, to tie into that controller, right? Yeah, so you'll have a temperature probe, a suction transducer. transducer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, discharge temperature probe as well, six inches down. Awesome on the line. Uh, what happened last week? Tell me the story. Oh, last week, um, it, it actually goes back to the to, to the summertime, and I, I told a portion of the story on the on the lad po- the last podcast. We had um, a digital scroll on a custom made clean room unit made by esc i believe is is the manufacturer so basically this thing maintains um a a tight room temperature of like 19 degrees c and it uses that controller with a digital scroll and the digital scroll is constantly uh, i guess would be loading unloading or that solenoid above it is constantly opening and closing um disengaging the, the scrolls constantly and what happened was it we had a plug dryer and this was in the summer changed the dryer started the thing up and now the uh, electronic controller or the, the the electronic expansion valve every once in a while would just go in into a full closed position it would pump down shut off on low pressure you take the little wire off of the uh or the cable off of the electronic expansion valve put it back on you'd hear it start to move again and then it would start running and then it would run fine for like an hour. Then all of a sudden it would pump down. So it ran, it ran fine. Uh, I pulled away from the building. I was 15 minutes out. They called me, said, Oh, it's off again. So I went back. I was up there till like nine o'clock playing around with it. And what I did was, is I, I had a sort of an inkling that because it had a plug dryer and it wasn't getting enough flow through it, maybe it was lacking a little bit, a little bit, a little bit of lubrication um because of that so i kept unplugging it and plugging it back in listening to it move and as every time it moved i'd whack it with the 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 flat side of my my adjustable wrench my big wrench and i did that like five or six times and then it just ran It, it started to work and i drove away and i'm like i thought i'd get a call back but i didn't and it ran for months until last week where it closed up again and pumped down and they had the valve like on on their uh, in their possession at the place so we just went in the next day and changed it yeah yeah i've definitely seen that before i've sent so many valves over the years back to alco out in germany and a lot of times they would find um you know contaminants in there i've seen many where um i would take they would come out of a system guys would say they were pumping down and they wouldn't open and it's a little bit different than your your case here but i would take about the system i would put them on at my lab 
test them. They would open and close fine, send them off to the lab. And then inside them, they'd find like little particulars, like little tiny things that um, got inside them to jam them up to start to cause them to fail. Um, so mm-hmm. once again, if you're using electronic valves, any valve, even a TX valve, you want to put a filter dryer in front of that <laughs> to protect it. Yep. A clean system is a safe mm-hmm. system. So yeah, okay, okay. so yeah, you figured it out and this new one's running good? It's been, yeah, it's been fine for a week now. And, and I've, uh, I've had to rebuild a couple of these actually. I've, I've went, uh, about four years ago, I went through one. We changed like almost every part on, on the, on the thing because it was just having so many problems. Um, and we changed the, the expansion valve, the transducer, some of the cables, we changed the solenoid, um, off the top of the scroll, um, basically rebuilt it and, and we actually flushed it with some, some RX uh, 11 flush because we had a severely plugged dryer on that and we got i have a video somewhere um maybe on an old phone i might even have posted it once actually it might be on youtube we we flushed it and the amount of stuff that came out was incredible and after we flushed it put the new dryer in changed all the parts it's been it's been fine for for the oh. but four years now what's going on? what's all in the systems there's carbon man systems. carbon carbon what carbon yeah there should be no carbon in there okay i know yeah that's fair um okay so let's get back to some of the tandem so if one does fail like if a compressor does fail in a tandem or trio set there there's some things that you really need to be aware of we want you to cut out the compressor Um, there's more piping there i know it's it can be a pain but we don't want you to, to unbraze the line set. And there's a, a reason for this. And I've seen it over the last uh, five or six years, at least four times, three or four times is happening. So what happens when you braze a piece of copper by, uh, pipe? You cool it, you braze it, you cool it, you heat it, you cool it. What happens to it? Yeah, eventually it'll it'll start to, to get weak. Yeah, so you're kneeling it, you're making it weak. And I've seen this happen multiple times where guys will braze it out where there's a special, like there's a T, right? Because you teed them together on just say the uh, one of the tandem sets. So they, they unbraze it at the T, they pull it out, you know, they unbraze the compressor, they get it all out. They do a good job, you know, even if you're using inert gas and you're cooling everything, they put the new compressor in. Now you braze back onto that T, another that fitting back in, and then four or four weeks, six weeks, maybe three months later, all of a sudden get a call. It's like, Oh, Trevor, you got a cracked tea here. You guys selling faulty teas. I'm like, what do you mean? Faulty teas? Um, yeah, it's broke. And then, so I, I did a few field service calls with some contractors and I'm like, yeah, it's a broken tea. And I'm like, did you braze it out? And you could see that, you know, it's been heated multiple times and, uh, I went back to the subject matter experts, send the parts back to like the, those pieces back to our uh, lab. And they're like, yeah, this copper has been weakened. So be aware of that. You want to cut out the tandem compressors if you can. It's, it is another coupling. Yeah. So you get another weld on top of it instead of just going right into the T another weld, but we want you to cut it out because you don't want to lose, a, you know, a couple hundred pound charge if it is, or, it doesn't matter what size the charge is. You just don't want to have a callback, right? Because 
you unbraise it. Um, use couplings and uh, replace the single compressor. Once again, ask age, date, code, both compressors. So does that make sense? What about a swage? Can we? Yeah, 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 it does. No, for, for sure. Like once you heat and cool that pipe multiple times over and over again, it's it's going to get that wear and tear from the expansion and contraction. Um, but what, 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 what do you think about swaging a piece so you don't have to have two fittings to braise just one oh you could swedge it that's i would yeah. i wouldn't say that's uh, an issue at all as long as it's braised in there good i, I would say that awesome. would work um what else um yeah it, i would uh, use copa mobile scan the tandem number if anybody works on tandems you can scan those tandem uh numbers as well copa mobile is a great app have you been using it all gary yeah, I, I use it um, from time to time. I, I don't use it every every day, but when I need information off of a compressor, I definitely use it 100%. Yeah, yeah, oh, cool. So there's a few um, AE bulletins that really, if you're working on these compressors a lot uh, for multiples or tandems, there's uh, AE41430, it's called a multiple. So it's going to talk about different tandems and trios. There's another one, AE4-1388. Uh, so it's going to talk about our 20 to 40 ton uh, compressors. And then we also came out with a few years ago, this might be for some of any of the OEMs that are listening, but uh, we have multiple uh, multiples controller. So it's AE8-1436. Pretty cool controller where um, you can start, uh, it'll stage them all. So you can build a little program. And it can start staging. So if you have, say, a variable speed and a fixed, or if you have a uh, digital and a fixed, or if you have a, a two-staged and a fixed, or two two two-stage um, scrolls, and what it'll do, it will control the multiple uh, set. So it takes a lot of time from the OEMs having to build their algorithms from scratch. So pretty cool uh, controller came out a couple of years ago. Awesome. So do we, uh, do we go any bigger than, than a trio? Is there any, uh, quadruples or anything like that? Not that I am aware of. There may be. So we've just actually started selling trios piped together, I believe, because we used to leave it up to the manufacturer, whoever's buying the compressor. So we would supply them with all the dimensions and the piping and stuff like that. But I believe now we're doing trios um, for like four or five, I don't believe, um, we offer that, but I know that there are manufacturers out there that build that, that type of system, but we, we offer like, uh, yeah, tandems and, and trios. So piped together now, which is pretty cool. We have, I believe it's over. What uh, I, what I like about, go ahead. Could, could hold that thought for a minute. I was going to say what I like about some tandems that i work on is the fact that some of them have um rotolock fittings rather than having to braise it now a lot of people don't like rotolock fittings but i think they're fantastic like if if they're tightened properly they don't they don't leak and and i really enjoy working on compressors that have those because they're a lot easier to to change out like you can do a a compressor change that has rotolocks and valves um, isolate the rest of the system, just pull the gas out of the compressor, swap the one compressor or both or whatever, and then 
put the valve valving configuration back on, pull a vacuum only on that compressor, and then you just open the valves back up and you're good to go. Oh, for very, sure. Very simple swap. Oh, yeah. And you can also, you can add, um, if just say you do have a sweat compressor and you run into an issue um, where the wholesaler doesn't have the Rotolock compressor, you can buy an adapter that could fit in if you need it to in a pinch or vice versa. Yeah, so there nice. are adapter sets. Just be aware of when you're putting those on uh, because I've seen this before. Guys or, or, or technicians may not put in the gasket that needs to be in there. There's a little white gasket or what's it called again? A seal, I guess. Just be aware that you put it in there, you don't squish it or you don't lose it. It comes in a little bag with uh, the Rotolock sets. But if you squish that one, it's probably going to leak. There are torque uh, values. So anyone out there, there are specific torque values to put those on. And it shouldn't leak. I had a call from a contractor uh, two weeks ago. He called me up and he's like, Trevor, this is the second time um, the tandem Rotolock backed off. I, I got to the system and it was lost all the gas from the suction Rotolock. I'm like, seriously? And he asked me if he, he could put some sort of thread sealant on it or thread lock to, to lock it on there. And you don't want to do something like that. If you're getting vibrations where it is backing out any type of Rotolock, you got to fix the problem. If it's resonance from variable speed, if you're getting vibration or pulsation because of the piping, you may have to change the piping. You might have to put a loop in there um, where you it comes off the scroll compressor. You go down all the way down to uh, the ground or, or to the base. You go over and up. So you have like three or four turns. And this is in the AE Boltons. And all this stuff should be done by the manufacturers. They do most of the manufacturers that uh, – that I've seen and work with, they, they do a lot of their testing, um, especially the big ones. They, they do the testing on their, a lot of their systems. But if you're out in the field and you're ever running into that, get into the AE Boltons. Look how it should be piped. Look where it says where it should be strapped or as well as what type of um, uh, feet should they have. So there's different durometer rates. You can have soft grommets or hard grommets at the bottom of the compressor. It's very important to understand that. Should it be a soft grommet? Should it be a hard grommet? Or should it be, you know, if you're getting a lot of vibrations too, you can always try just bolting it right to the frame of whatever it's on to see to see if that'll stop the vibration as well. But you got to fix the vibration problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't just try to seal it up or tighten it as tight as you can because there's another issue there. You're just going to have a callback. Hopefully that yeah. may, made sense. Yeah, and, and to your point ran, with ran those white, white seals. Yeah. No, it, it, it does. And, and to your point about the seals, making sure that you have one in there, also make sure that you don't double them up because I've done that by accident. And it was, a, it was an install that we did, geez, I don't know how long ago. But we went to pressurize the, the system. It was a brand new install. And it was leaking and that's where it was. It was on a road lock because somehow, some way I put, I got two seals in there instead of one and they were, they were sandwiched on top of each other. And some people might look at that or, or think, yeah, two seals is better than one, but not in this case, it actually made, um, it leak. So yeah, just, just that one seal and fit, fit it into that kind of notched 
sort of circular area that it goes in and, and, and you're good. Yeah. 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 Make sure you're just using one. It goes with uh, really any of the rotor locks, even on our discus line and stuff, they'll have the little seal. Make sure it's just in there properly, not squished. And if you take it off, you got to get a new one. Yes, you can squeeze it on there and it's like any gasket, right? Use it once. Um, you know, you get away with it for, you know, having to go pick up a second one. But I would always recommend if you can put a new one in because you got a higher probability of that starting to leak at some point. I've got a, uh, I've got a service call or a, a service call that a coworker was dealing with on a trio. You, you want to hear about it and see if you have a, a possible solution. Sure. Let's take a stab at it. Okay. So the trio, um, piped together every once in a while, he goes out to a call that there's a, a motor protector alarm and the way it's wired is all three motor protectors on this particular machine are wired in series. So if one trips, you don't know which one it is from the controller. They're just, it just says motor protector on circuit one because circuit one has, has the trio circuit two has another trio. Now, he f he went over to the last compressor in the trio and he caught it when it shut down on a pump down and he checked um the terminals i guess m1 and m2 were the sent uh, it was it was open on the uh on the the compressor uh what do you call it the module there that protects yeah, the compressor protection module communication yeah. That, that's right. So it was open on that one, but it was closed on the other two. So he figured it, it must be that compressor. Now he got it going and it ran for like three weeks and all of a sudden it tripped again. And then he got it going and it ran for three weeks and it tripped again. So it seems really intermittent. And he checked the, the thermistor going into the compressor. He checked it against all the other three at the exact same time, at the exact same temperature, they were all identical. Now he thinks maybe there's a problem in that with that thermistor every once in a while, maybe it breaks or something internally and it pops that, that motor protector open. So, and it's a big compressor too. And like, is there any way to, if, if it is that sensor or the thermistor inside, is there any way to resolve that? without changing so, out the entire Why compressor. does he think is the reason? So what was the alarm code he was getting on the core sense? It, 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 it doesn't have an alarm code. It's an older one. It doesn't have oh, any. Oh, so it has code. a Carwin module on it then? No, no, it's it's an Emerson one, but it doesn't have any. I don't I don't think it has any LED lights on it. I think it's an older version with no LED so, lights. Yeah, that would be the, it would be a TWE, I believe. So it would be the Carwin module just doing the internals on it. Um. That's what I'm assuming. It's it's hard to tell. I can't really give a give an answer on that. If there was, I, I, he would have said if there was um, LEDs on it. I'm sure. One thing you can do is you can swap out. He probably could get a grab a core sense communication if he knows it's that that compressor that's always tripping up. Put that core sense mm -hmm. communication on there, and he can start logging yeah. what's happening with that one. Anyway, you don't have to get them for all of them. Or if you have an older, like another failed compressor, you can just pull it off that that one. Just say if it's a twenty ton, because you get a new one with uh, new compressors, um, so you can pull it off an old one and put it in. Clear the history. He actually did. He he got it. He got a brand new module and put it on there, and it was still doing it. 
And so, yeah, so it's not the module, right? There's something else going on and it might not be the no. internals. Yeah. Is, is it, it could be, was the compressor, like when he got it up and running, what was the superheat? What was the discharge temperature? What was, you know, when does it stage on and stay off? Does it short cycle? There's a lot of things that are involved. Um, what was the ohm rating on there? Because you'd have to go into that module to see when that M1, M2 opened and verify it against the the different resistance chart in the AE Bolton for that module. Was it a 20, 40 ton compressor? It's a larger one, so probably in between the 20 and 40 ton. So I recommend that, that AE Bolton. Yeah. Uh, AE4 1388. I think that's the that's it. Get to that AE bolt and review. Get him to look through that to see if there's anything that'll uh, stand out for him. Something I All didn't right. yeah, mention. So I, I, no, he, no was, he was he was struggling. <laughs> yeah. So when Go that happens and and you need help like that, reach out to our technical support team. Get them to call up or reach out to the manufacturer. I'm not sure who the manufacturers. A lot of the manufacturers want to help. You know, they want uh, they want to show uh, that they support their equipment and they want to make sure that equipment runs good because you know their name stands behind you know behind that and their brand. And these manufacturers, I talk to them all the time. They're like, um, we want the technicians to call us. You know, not all manufacturers has the best technical support as, as you know, but most big manufacturers want to help uh, the technicians out there and uh, support them as best as possible. Yeah. Something I didn't mention that I I do need to mention. I get this question a lot on, on tandems. For example, if it has a two site glasses and they have an oil equalization line, on it and the compressor one compressor has a three-quarter sight glass and one has like an eighth or a quarter sight glass one's running one's not both of them running it doesn't matter they're like is there something wrong how come one has three quarters oil the other one has a quarter oil what you need to do to make sure like that line is not plugged is you shut down both compressors give it 30 seconds and see if they both equalize out and if they both go to like a half site glass or whatever, you're fine. But all of a sudden, if you shut it off and one stays three quarters and the other one stays a quarter, and you can see it's above that that oil line, there's probably there could be potentially something plugged in that oil line. So just a tip there. So I get that question a lot. Cool. Yeah. So as far as 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 far as the advantages of tandem and trio we we talked about sort of how we could have a capacity advantage so we don't have to run uh, all compressors at the same time is there any other advantages that you can think of that maybe a manufacturer would would, would purchase tandems or trios and throw them in their unit yeah so i mentioned it uh so high, really high system efficiency both on that like full load and part load um it's very very versatile, I guess. You know, because you yeah. have a, we have, I believe it is, and I'll have to double check it. Over eleven hundred combinations, like that's a lot of different tandems and trio sets. Um, that is a lot. You don't, wow. Yeah, there's uh, no extra oil management hardware required. So if you have, you know, you don't have to set up a certain, you know, like you know, in a rack application, you need to get, you know, 
uh, oil separator, oil reservoir, all that stuff. Um, on these ones, you don't need that oil management setup usually. Depending to if you have three or four hundred foot pipe run, it's a different story, right? But uh, what else? A step capacity modulation. Another one you can have like a digital variable speed and a fix. So there's so many options. I think our largest one is uh, a ZPY. I should look this up. Uh, it's like one one million four hundred thousand BTUs or something. A trio set just ridiculous I, I really should look this up right now. wow it's massive like <laughs> i can't imagine uh carrying one of those compressors up through five or six hundred pound scroll <laughs> yeah i work out gary yeah. i work out <laughs> yeah i'm 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 almost i'm almost done with roping things up the side of a building that weighs more than 20 pounds <laughs> that's fair that's fair like if it was up to me, I'd have a boom truck to take my to rope my stuff up the side of all the warehouse buildings I work on. One skid and a boom truck, get it up there and yeah, it's, uh, it's called a, a ZPY one forty five M. Let me check the performance. I'm just in Copa Mobile. Oh yeah, so one point five six million BTUs at. Uh, a 40 evap and a hundred uh, condensing. That's a massive, massive amount of cap capacity on a, a trio. I would love to see the, like, Hey, so have you ever cut one of these big uh, compressors, like big scrolls, like t the, the 20 tons or above, have you ever cut one of those open? I haven't cut one open personally i cut a lot of smaller ones but my uh, the team at emerson has has cut some, a bunch open for me okay yeah because so I, I had I them cut that open. we had we had an apprentice um i think it was like three weeks ago or something like that and we had a big a big one sitting in the in the shop and he he was at it for maybe about an hour and struggling with it just with a grinder and it was so thick <laughs> he couldn't i guess if he spent all day on it he would have got it open but i i thought it would i'm like yeah i just cut it open it'll take you like an hour or whatever but it, he was still going at it like an hour later and he just couldn't get it open it was well, like some well well built machine yeah uh i would use saw uh saw saw or reciprocating saw um then a grinder, I find they work a lot better. That's what I use cutting open most of my, well, any of the large ones, that's what we use. Because we we have a scroll cutter. I, I can't remember what size it goes up. It goes to a pretty large size, but when we get into those 40 tons, um, usually we either have to send them down to the U.S. to get them cut because they got a bigger cutter down there. But, yeah, it would take a while uh, to cut it, but... I always use a really good blade. You might have to use a couple of blades on a big one like that, but get through it. Easy. Awesome. Cool, man. So are you got anything else to throw at us on tandems? I don't know. I think that's, that, that's a little bit get into those AE bulletins. If you're working on it, research those manuals, compressor manuals, understand the, the components you're using and uh, reach out to the manufacturers that built it. Ask them those questions. Um, because it's very important to understand the equipment you're working on and why um, the system does what, you know, 
is there load matching? Does if it's an even set, does one run the same amount as the other, or does the lead compressor is the left or the right? Does that one run all the time and the other one doesn't get much time? Understand that, and why is it set up like that? It's very important to understand these uh, uniquenesses because one compressor could have run, you know, thirty thousand hours, the other one run five hundred. You know, understand why it's set up like that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And and people always say like, how how do I learn? And I say, well, what what you just said. So anyone listening to this podcast, if they don't know much about tandems, they don't know much about uh, trios. What you got to do next is go online and start Googling it and reading articles and, and seeing videos and pictures and, and images. And so by the time you do see one in the field, <clears throat> you have some some knowledge, some general knowledge and some basic knowledge of what it is and and how it works. And that's the only way really you're going to you're going to learn stuff. So, um, yeah, pick up a little bit of information on, on a job or on a podcast or in somebody's post. And then if you want more information, you got to dig deeper on your own time. A hundred percent. Well, Trevor, thank you very much. Like I said, you're my guardian angel for tonight. And, uh, uh, thank you, man. We we've talked like a good four times in the last couple of months and they've all been great conversations. So I appreciate it. Fantastic. Always a pleasure. All right. You have a good night, man. You too, brother. Thank you, Trevor. I believe that is your fifth appearance on the HVAC know it all podcast. And every time I talk to you, I learn a couple of things that I didn't know before. So thank you very much for that. Audience, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I hope you guys learned some stuff. Thank you to the Master Group. Once again, check out master.ca. But I'm out. Happy HVACing. Hope you enjoyed the show. Follow HVAC Know It All on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, and anywhere else Gary feels like popping up. This has been a Two Smokes and a Coffee production.